This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Over Under Movies and all the playlist podcasts are sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming a selection of exceptional independent, classic, and award-winning films from around the globe. Mubi's film experts handpick every single film they show. Each day they present a new gem and you have one month to watch it. Plans start as low as $5.99 a month. Visit mubi.com slash the playlist to start a special 30-day free trial. Movie's current highlights include Contact High and Joanna Hogg's Archipelago, starring Tom Hiddleston. Also, Movie's first major theatrical release in the U.S., The Happiest Day in the Life of Ollie Mackey, is now playing in select theaters and will be expanding to additional cities in coming weeks. This beautiful finished film, shot in stunning black-and-white 16mm, won the Uncertain Regard competition at the Cannes Film Festival last year it's based on the true story of finnish boxer ollie mackey who had a shot at the world featherweight title in 1962 the film has received absolutely glowing reviews including a critic's pick seal of approval from manola dargis at the new york times listeners can visit o-l-l-i-m-a-k-i film.com for more information and theater listings once again that's o-l-l-i-m-a-k-i film.com for more information and theater listings now on to the show over the line Hello and welcome to another episode of Over Under Movies, the podcast in which we choose one overrated movie and one underrated movie, similar in tone, genre, style, or however we may see fit, and we discuss them. I'm Ryan Oliver. This is Oktay Ege Kozak. And today we have Octay's Picks, and this is going to be a, a very fun episode, uh, also like a very graded on a curve type episode, uh, because we're going to be discussing... Yeah, don't at... take our picks seriously. No, please don't. We uh, Octay uh, teased these on our last episode. Uh, we're we're going to be diving into two movies specifically, but uh, we're going to dive into the broader topic of so bad they're good movies. Um, Octay and I, you know, we're you and I are both... Huge fans of So Bad They're Good Movies. Uh, we were fans of shows that talk about So Bad They're Good Movies, like the How Did This Get Made podcast or Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst uh, series. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're very big fans of just noble failure. Like, there's something about noble failure that uh, that, that is attractive and to noble us. noble failure is the key here that we're going to get into the difference between the two films, but... Um... But yes. yeah, go ahead and introduce them. <laughs> Absolutely. So, like, we'll just we'll just dive right in. So, the two films we'll be discussing is Amir Shervan's uh, Shervan Shervan um, Shervan, I think. Shervan I don't know. Uh, is schlock schlock uh, masterpiece uh, Samurai Cop from 1989. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, the overrated, which is Sharknado, which I think debuted on the Sci Fi Channel in 2013, and I feel like there's been one every year since. Um, I think so. I th- there's th- a fifth one coming out this year. Oh dear God! Okay, well let's just start yep. there. So why? Uh, so <laughs> so like you know these these are both like objectively bad movies. Both of them are. But so what? What makes Sharknado so like egregiously bad as opposed to uh, Samurai Cop? So uh, I kind of picked Sharknado as this uh, placeholder or scapegoat, if you will, to talk about, to generally talk about what makes a so bad it's good kind of hilariously entertainingly inept uh, schlocky uh, film that comes around once in a lifetime and uh, kind of a PSA about the difference between that and films that are made intentionally crappy, uh, films that are intentionally campy or uh, kind of cash grabs uh, revolving around a certain schlocky or self-awarely stupid idea that tries to kind of capture these this 
kind of stoner demographic or people who love watching things ironically or people who just want to get drunk and like and sharknado is kind of like the apex of that these days i mean there's always stuff like that going around where um people sometimes come up to me or or friends who know that i love bad movies but who are not like you like people like you who are who understand the nuance uh the 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 pretty big nuance between films like sharknado and films like samurai cup that we're going to get into that would come up to me and say like hey man you love bad movies you know what'd you think of sharknado like i got that a lot around the time when the first one came out and it was a big kind of uh viral internet deal where people were just like tweeting at each other how ridiculous this movie is and all that stuff and i was just kind of like like i I sought it out. I never seek out these like shitty asylum mockbusters or uh, the the sci-fi sharktopus, uh, pterodon, the dinosaur squid or whatever the fuck um, movies. Like I never actually seek them out because they're actually made to be kind of quick, cheap, silly. Uh, I think they're they're made mostly. Most of them are made by Asylum or by Roger Corman's company and. It's that it's that kind of um, kind of semi Roger Corman spirit, but with with the kind of a very um, kind of cynical approach, where they're like, "Oh, these idiot stoners will eat up anything. Let's just make it as silly and cheap and quick as possible, and just put it out there." And my intention of kind of picking these movies for this episode is to kind of is to kind of tell. Uh, friends and uh, family of people uh, like me who love so bad it's good movies to kind of um, maybe instruct them or educate them about <laughs> the difference between legitimately bad, funny, bad, fun bad movies and films like Sharknado that tries to kind of uh, capture this kind of audience in a completely self-aware way, which kind of completely defeats the purpose. Uh, so I thought I thought of Sharknado as the the placeholder for that, but you can kind of apply it to um, Sharknado two, Sharknado three, uh, the Ghost Shark, uh, whatever kind of uh, self-aware, intentionally badly, cheaply made movie uh, you can think of, and they're they're mostly um, like bad B monster movies, uh, mostly around. Hey, let's take uh, a squid and a snake and a shark and then put it all together, kind of thing. And they shoot the whole thing in like like Sharknado. It looks like it was shot entirely, um, completely in daylight with like with whatever shittiest, uh, uh, almost consumer grade uh, digital camera they could get their hands on, and then just went into um, kind of rudimentary version of uh, After Effects or something and just put in all the effects. Like it just looks so. Um, cheap and shitty in an intentional way and intentional is the key here like it's when it's intentional that kind of defeats the purpose of like um getting uh that kind of fun out of it but um what do you what do you think about that uh, i mean do you uh did you actually like catch up with it again either with um with riff tracks or anything else did you catch up with sharknado or any of the other movies and what's your what's your thought about that i i did not rewatch sharknado i could not bring myself to do it even with the riff tracks i was just <laughs> like i'm not you're completely forgiven no I, I was like i just can't i can't do it again and, and it's mainly like because there is such there is a a like studio manufactured cynicism to these movies even though they're made on such like low budgets they are like i mean the sharknado movies are kind of like the transformers movies of like the b-grade shitty movies yeah, like, like they're made like with shitty, shitty low budget transformers yeah they're basically. made with such like little soul little care to them um and, and yeah they're, like you said they're made for for people to eat up and and it's mostly like if if it was just a crappy um intentionally bad movie i probably like i'm with you but i probably wouldn't be so up in arms but the fact that it's made by asylum which i i hate them like there's no other word to describe uh <laughs> my feelings about asylum because um 
you know, not only is it like the Sharknado or the octopus versus the mega shark or whatever the fuck those things and are. And all the mockbusters. Well, all the, see, that's the stuff I hate is like the Transmorphers or like Alan Quartermain and the Temple of Skulls, which maybe poor examples because I don't like the movies that they're ripping off there. But like if, if somebody's <laughs> walking on a blockbuster, which is an old fashioned statement, but or wherever, like a, a big box store. And they want to buy Transformers, like, and then they buy that instead. Like, it, they, they know that. They're, they are clearly banking on people not paying attention, which maybe that's partially on the person. It's, it's an entire industry. It's an entire business that's completely built upon old people with poor eyesight or people who are just like, ah, oh, this must be the same movie, whatever. Like, a lot of, a lot of uh, general audiences, especially people who just look at movies as, like, escapism and just, like, casual entertainment – um, they don't really look into look too deeply into oh who's in this movie who made the movie what does the poster look like mm-hmm. sometimes they're even like vague on the title I mean I've seen this many times going to uh, see a movie and buying tickets where people just decide on what movie to see while they're like at the line while they're about to buy the ticket and they're just like they look at the name or a poster or something and they're like oh that looks interesting I'll go see that. Like that, it's it's kind of catered to that audience, and I understand what they're doing, and I understand your hatred for that because it's it's just this kind of icky, borderline con manish kind of. Cynicism. It is. It feels like they're getting away with something, and it just I don't I don't like that. And so, like the fact that it's like, yeah, Sharknado to to its bare minimum of credit, it it it, it doesn't pretend to be anything more than it, it. It's like the movie Pieces. It's it's exactly what you think it is. Like that's that's like, <laughs> uh, which is a great bad movie, by the way. But um, yeah. but you know, the Sharknado does not at least it doesn't pretend to be anything more than it is but it's still like just because i'm like oh those fuckers over at asylum are just like sitting there like laughing and watching the money pile in whereas like to to get back to your original question um to to uh and i didn't rewatch samurai cop like this week but i actually watched it in the last like month so i figured i was probably good on there oh yeah um and Samurai Cop for me, like it, it's that sweet spot where like I love, I love genre movies made by uh, a like filmmaker who like English is not their first language, but like all That's, the all, yeah. but all the beats are there. Like you clearly watch a movie like Samurai Cop or a movie like Dangerous Men, and you're like the all the beats for this type of movie are are here, but there's just something so odd and off with them. But you but you the, there's that's why there there's a charm to them because mm-hmm. you could tell that the filmmaker involved like came and he wanted to make the movie that he set out to make and did for the most part whether like it's wrong-headed or misbegotten like whatever you want to call it it's still the movie they wanted to make and they're they're proud of that movie so like the the those type of movies are are enjoyable because like because you have empathy for the failure, I guess. You're like, you, you tried to make a movie. That's that's true. Like, you, you genuinely tried to make something good. There's there's this charm to it. There's You, you feel the empathy of... I think a lot of people who enjoy uh, So Bad It Gets Good movies are kind of uh, either struggling or aspiring filmmakers. You know, I am and you are. Sure. And who want to, like, get into this business in one way or another. And, you know, there there's, like, this kind of feeling towards... There's kind of this empathetic feeling towards, like, you actually went out there and did it. Like, good for you. Like, this is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to get a feature together, no matter how small the budget is, no matter how, like, what your situation is, what the circumstances are. uh, You went out and, like, you did it. Like, you had absolutely no talent, and you were horrible at what you did, and you got a a product that was the exact opposite of what you were intending. But God damn it, you you did it. it. (laughs) <laughs> well, you did it, and at the same time, it's like uh, so. That's that's the um, the intention, the original intention of the film itself is extremely important when appreciating uh, a schlock masterpiece. It's so bad, it's a good movie. Is that you have to know that the intention was to make uh, for the filmmaker to make a good movie. That's why, and a lot of the times when it's like a kind of singular vision of someone who was like, this was like their passion project. They wrote it, they found the budget somehow, or they like, they basically like spent whatever's in their savings to put this thing together and just like brought it out there. And it's just like cheapest, shittiest form. That's what makes it so charming. So it's like this weird sweet stop uh, spot between Okay, I understand the the idea of uh, you know, I've never really um, 
came upon this, but like if someone says like, oh, you're just being mean because you're just pointing and laughing at someone's uh, quote unquote failure. But the um, the whole point of it is that a lot of people who enjoy these pe- movies really don't look at it as a failure in the sense that it just um, failed to entertain or something like that. It's just that you just get a completely different uh, kind of enjoyment out of it. You know, like the um, like before I I picked first of all when I picked Samurai Cup I was thinking of like okay what's an underrated um, so bad as good movie that should kind of get out there and get the kind of respect that some some of these other like so bad as good movies are getting as far as you know midnight screenings and conventions and people yelling out lines from the movie what's a movie that's just so consistently hilarious in its badness. Uh, that it should rival all those other ones. So when I came out with Samurai Cup, I was thinking of like something like The Room as the overrated pick and just kind of pitting them together, which would kind of break my heart because The Room really is the Citizen Kane of bad movies. I mean, that movie is... I completely <laughs> understand the the love for that movie. I completely understand why it's still selling out all the midnight screenings and there's all the like Rocky Horror uh show like kind of stunts that happen where you throw spoons and like and uh but i was i was thinking of picking the room as kind of like the overrated even because of that because that's the only one that people think of nowadays i feel like i feel like there are so many more that we should just branch out a little bit and um i thought of samurai cup as the one because that's the one that i've been kind of obsessed with the last couple of years about it's kind of the same thing like you, you brought up uh, one of the elements of it which is someone who wants to ape a certain uh, genre, especially a certain, like, American genre. In the case of Samurai Cup, that's, um, like, Lethal Weapon-style buddy cup action movies Mm -hmm. made on, like, a budget of, like, maybe 15 bucks. Um, (laughs) And uh, so so there are all these, like, elements that come together into this perfect storm to make this terrible, shitty movie. And every one of them that apply to the room actually exist also on samurai cop like a complete ineptitude for uh, first of all the first number one the most important thing is um the intent like there has to be uh the intention of making a good movie uh you know what i mean Yes, yes, you have to. You have to have the intent. That's because because when your intention is to bank on somebody's love of shitty movies, then you're not putting the care and the love into it yourself. And, uh, uh, you know, I I think you make a good point that um, I, I think it's just a completely different experience, like the type of film, this type of film goer who loves a movie like this, because we're not like at least uh, i you know uh, i i don't want to speak for the both of us but i'm i'm fairly certain at least for me uh i'm not laughing at the filmmaker at, at all mm-hmm. like i may be laughing at the situation i may be laughing at how like baffling and strange and how awkwardly this, it's it's uh executed and, and how awkwardly the camera is framed and how awkwardly the scenes do, do do not flow together whatsoever there's no color correction whatsoever no. one shot is like pink the other shot is orange but at but the same time Whereas i'm like doors right, right. You know. but at the same time it it goes back to that thing we said of like you you did it you went out there and you made a movie with whatever you had to do it and so no i think i think intention um i think that there is a gray area i think that there are certain movies and and it's mostly in the horror genre but there are movies and and uh, and I'll probably say in like the eighties, mostly like the eighties, nineties, like VHS boom, um, mm. that like might've been made like intentionally shitty, but are still enjoyable. Like I- I'm having it has trouble. To have a charm. It has, but to, it has have to have a charm. charm of people. Maybe the, maybe the people at, at the top level, uh, the producers, the studio were all cynical and, uh, kind of thinking of it like, Oh, let's just shit out. Like there were all these like kind of uh italian uh mad max ripoff in mm-hmm. the 80s and there were all kinds of like monster movies there were all kinds of sword and sandals like yes. sorcery like fantasy dungeons and dragons type stuff especially in the 80s there were tons of those so maybe people on top of uh who were like on on the top level like the producers and money people were like oh we'll just make a quick buck out of this because we'll just like sell the shitty movie mm-hmm. but you still get the feeling that like um 
you watch these movies and um, not a single one of them come to mind right now, but there's like so many of them. Uh, the Like, for example, the Mystery Science Theater reboot had uh, two of the the two Wizard of the Wizards of the Lost Kingdom movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like those, like that kind of stuff. But then you can still see the people kind of towards the bottom, like the people who were in charge of the film, people who were in charge of the effects or like who were giving like no money and they tried to come up with something that could look like a like a creature or some kind of magical spell or like optical effects like you can tell that there was like actual kind of plucky ingenuity involved and that's the stuff that feels charming that's sure. the stuff that feels I, I, i'm thinking of a movie cute. like i'm thinking of a movie that that i love i love unironically and, and you know my uh, unabashed love for this movie is the movie the visitor yeah, uh, yeah exactly. where, where it's like, you know, the, the producers clearly wanted to make a ripoff of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind and The Bad Seed and The Birds. Like it, it's sort of like an amalgamation of all these movies. But the what, movie is so yeah. like insanely strange and odd and has this weird like yeah. otherworldly quality to it to where it like feels like its own original thing, even though it's being like ripping off a bunch of movies that, you know, but 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 it looks like that would that weird kind of david lynchian feel that you get out of the movie that just feels like this kind of uh like nightmare vision that's that's like truly surreal and off-putting weird but like kind of fascinating at the same time i think it you just get the feeling that that was completely by accident like the, the production was obviously a clusterfuck and <laughs> they, just, yes. they just tried to put together whatever footage they had to any kind of a narrative and just just as like blob came out of it and that's the kind of stuff that's like so fascinating for uh on on films like that where it's like you can see where everything started going wrong but people just kept going like forward god damn it they were just like we're gonna finish this movie well yeah they're like, like we're not gonna we've already spent the money and the time like we're just we're gonna finish it out and it's it's fantastic <laughs> like like an example of that going back to samurai cup is um you know it's just a, a quick uh recap of samurai cop is basically it's basically lethal weapon you have the 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 white crazy mel gibson character and you have the older black uh partner going after uh these kind of whatever the, I, I have no idea what the criminals do i think they're drug dealers and they're part also part of the yakuza uh whatever and one of the one of the bad guys is like obsessed with putting decapitated heads on his piano <laughs> uh which is a classic line now i'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? The 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 concept, the premise is incredibly simple. Apart from that, is um, the samurai cop uh, played by? I mean, it says on IMDb it says Matthew Caritas, but I know it's that the Matt guy's Hannon. name is Matt, Matt Hannon. That's yeah. his name. Uh, so played by Matt Hannon is supposed to be like this amazing. Uh, it's quote-unquote samurai cop who was just like great you know trained in japan to be a samurai you never see him fight pretty much except ever, until like, the weapon, end ever, of the movie except <laughs> until the very end of it and he's supposed to be like trained in this like uh the ancient japanese arts uh, so you expect that guy to be like knowledgeable about japanese culture but he's like insanely racist <laughs> yeah he just keeps calling like he just he can't pronounce like uh japanese names and he just like always like uh kind of like brash rednecky about like uh the people that he tries to capture like all this yakuza so that that's kind of like the premise but it's basically what makes it so special is basically that element that makes the room so special as well is that it's made by a foreigner an iranian film producer uh who was who was actually a pretty successful producer of like uh, melodramas and romance movies in Iran. He didn't make action movies. Mm -hmm. uh, who came to America and he had this idea of like, yeah, I'll go make one of these like lethal weapon, you know, one of those 80s 
uh, big brash action movies with the muscular buff dude like shooting at bad guys and it has all of the elements and all of the cliches of those movies yeah it, it, it's crazy because it's like yeah it sets up this buddy cop dynamic but it, it just almost it just has the big broad uh character beats it doesn't yeah, have I mean, the like or, or the plot beats excuse me there's no like character really development like the characters just kind of that like uh, another staple of a you know bad movies that the uh every di- bit of dialogue is on the nose everyone says what they're thinking at any time uh there's no subtlety there's no room for any of that um and it's and this perfect it's... storm it's this perfect storm of like the director uh this is the thing with Tommy Wiseau as well first of all like you're when the English when English is not your first language English is not the director's first language and on top of that uh, the director is so kind of self-absorbed that uh, um, that he doesn't take notes maybe from I'm, I'm sure like this I know this happened on the room because of the disaster writers if you read that mm-hmm. that a lot of people came up to time was and said that this makes no fucking sense like you have to this is not how people talk this is not even like good English this makes absolutely no sense and then he was just like, no, this is my vision. This is what I'm sticking to. This is what I want to do. And this like that creates this perfect storm of like not only uh, complete uh, kind of incompetence in recreating the kind of language of this genre they're trying to ape, but also kind of going about it completely in their own way, mm-hmm. which creates like Samurai Cup has these gem amazing gem lines and scenes that wouldn't have existed if someone came up to him like did like a little bit of a script that and be like that makes absolutely no sense uh, i was curious um and I'm, I'm i'm sure you have but i'm gonna ask this question anyway have you seen any of the other american films that this filmmaker tried to make like hollywood cop or uh young rebels um yeah see they're not as uh so there's this kind of i feel like with with these kinds of movies, uh, you have to have a completely consistent level of just hilarity. And Samurai Cop has pretty much every 20, 30 seconds, there's something hilarious going on, either with the visuals, like there's there's overlong action scene where um, the cars are going like 12 miles an hour, so you're laughing at that. And on top of that, you're laughing at, you know... Um, the cop saying, you know, shoot him, shoot him like 20 times in a row. <laughs> and then someone gets shot and um, they try to like, there's this hilarious bit where um, uh, the guy they're chasing, like one of the guys like shooting at them from the van gets shot and they're supposed to shoot that. They're supposed to make it look like the cop's car is running over the guy after he's shot. And they basically shot the first, uh, like shot the guy like laying on the ground uh, in front of the car and they just they just shot that and as you know and they got like 10 feet in front of the guy and then they just like turned the camera around had the guy like lay at the back of the car yeah and they just like, just like there's no continuity it's just like so obviously so you have these amazing moments like that on top of that you have like you laugh at the bad color correction you laugh at the um you laugh at the performances you laugh at the writing and like just like all this stuff comes together and it's almost like distracting you long enough to make you forget that you're watching a really, really shitty movie. Yeah. Cause it's prob- entertaining. It's incredibly entertaining. So it's like, it has samurai cop has as many hilarious moments as the room has, which makes it like infinitely rewatchable. The problem with, um, uh, Hollywood cop. And what was the death? I think it's like death American style. Well, or something. Killing American style, which I killing have, I have seen that one. Um, and it's, yeah, and like, it's- like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's I don't know about that one if it's because um I mean there isn't as much hilarity and I'm not sure if it's because it's more of a like sort of hostage uh movie or if it's because it's maybe he like he tried to do a maybe more like difficult like a or thriller. Dense. Yeah, like like, like, like something that yeah. needed to be yeah. like have elements to be thrilling whereas like a buddy cop movie it's it's amusing because that's such a it's such a digestible genre and it's such a like oversaturated genre and yeah. 
And you know, like, there are so many, like, mediocre buddy cop movies that are, like, merely just passable because of the chemistry between the leads, which is the literally the basic prerequisite for making that movie work to begin with. And which, because, in this case, those two guys are in completely different movies. Yes, and they fail so miserably, and that's why it's funny. It's it's <laughs> hilarious because they're, like, they're supposed to be the mismatched pairs, and they are, but they're not because the story tells them to. It's because the direction tells and them the, that they're the, in the wrong the police thing. chief is supposed to be like um like the typical like angry police chief like yelling at them but he just comes across as a mental patient right exactly that guy's awesome. so it's like all the things that you know from these other like from a genre that's so well worn and so uh you know it, it's ubiquitous and so like it's it's easy to uh i mean and other than just the fact that it is hilarious because they just miss on so many levels with that movie whereas like killing the american style yes it misses the mark but it also like like i think because you like you said it, it's trying to be a little bit more gritty it's trying to do like a yeah. straight up thriller and because it's like it fails at that you you still i still watch it with like admiration but it's also mm-hmm. like but it's but it's nowhere near as entertaining uh as, there, there as are some there are some really funny moments but it, it definitely sure. lags in that sense and that's that that was the point that i was coming to it's like there's a huge difference between, you know, once a, a so bad is good type of movie kind of doesn't have anything really funny or in, like interesting going on as far as like its ineptness, like you laughing at its ineptness mm-hmm. for like maybe five or ten minutes. Then you find yourself just watching a really cheap, shitty movie. Yeah, <laughs> which, it's true. It's kind of like it's it's a weird line. But like once you cross that line, you feel like you kind of start feeling like, why am I watching this? This is like awful and and killing american style is definitely in that category where it's like it definitely has hilarious moments but you know also like what you mentioned about the tone as well like it's trying to be more of a gritty like kind of home invasion thriller yes it has like a bunch of rape scenes in it and like it's not it's not fun in that sense it's like it's it's exploitative in the sense that you just feel a little bit icky and when exploitation is done in a completely like clunky and and just kind of shock value way which he was trying to do which it mm-hmm. goes back to like Amir Shervan's vision of American films where he just wanted to duplicate them without really understanding why each one of these cliches exist in the per- in the first place it was just like a complete copy paste job you nailed that on the head because like again with Samurai Cop it is like he did set to make a crowd pleasing like buddy cop comedy action movie like that's that was the attempt with that movie and this one is like it's exploitative because it is trying to have those elements uh, that make a movie gritty or dark. And like you said, without really any of the understanding as to what makes those things gritty and dark. And so like there, there was one scene in particular um, that was like like one scene I laughed and then like the next one was like really gross after that. I like I, I feel like. I'm trying to remember the exact scene, but I feel like there was a, a guy who had asked asked a woman to to kiss him or to hug him or something, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "No, not like that." And just like the way he says it yeah. is like comical, uh, but like then the implication and of it's that supposed scene to be like, is, like disturbing really and like <laughs> yeah. genuinely like off putting, but it just comes across as like just totally awkward and weird. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it doesn't have as much uh, to that, and, and and I've watched a lot. Like I've spent time. At the psychotronic section at Scarecrow, uh, like and the in the bang action section, like I've watched my share of like shitty action movies. Um, that that I'm like, why am I still watching this? Like I bought a VCR just so I could watch certain ones uh, that are not available yet on TV. <laughs> that's, dedica- that's fucking dedication right Dude, there. I I, I <laughs> get I'm your telling stripes you, for that shit. I have a problem, or or or. or or the opposite of a problem. One no, or the I mean, other. We're in the same club. I mean, what, what, why would I like even begin to judge you? Oh, I know you're not. I'm just, I'm just saying for the people who are like saying that I might like, need some help. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> exactly. Like, I yeah. watched, I rented this this canon film called The Violent Breed based on its VHS cover, and I fell exactly. Just, I've, I've seen that when I was a kid. Uh, it's like this just Italian, uh, like yeah. first blood knockoff, and I'm just yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, why am I still watching this? And then the third act gets like really like crazy and all these like insane set pieces happen. And I'm like, okay, that, that at least made my journey worth watching. But the first like 60 to 70 minutes, which, which a lot of, 
a lot of bad movies, like, you know you're in a bad genre movie where it's like, yeah, even if the last 20 minutes were worth it, like, you have to sit mm. through 60 or 70 minutes of just the most dullest... Lots of filler and... Filler yeah, that, that's, and that's exposition. The thing that comes with, that, that's a typical thing that comes with Schlock because they, just, they, they have just enough money to pull off, let's say. We have enough money for uh, two car flips and uh, three bazooka explosions. Right. And we don't have anything else, like zero budget. So the rest of the movie is just like a bunch of talking heads in a in a hotel room or something. So there there's always that problem. There's always you know, it's it's just like a really thin line between just boring and time wasting and a fucking masterpiece. Like one, once you pass that a certain level of like funny moments per minute threshold mm-hmm. or, or or just a certain level of like fascination with like how to what the fuck were they thinking like you're just watching this <laughs> the whole time we can get into this it a little bit like dangerous man is one of those movies i love that where, movie and it's so and it's funny it's not it's not consistently hilarious it's not it's not it's paced incredibly slow like it's not entertaining in that way but you're just like watching it with your mouth open just going why what was going on what were they thinking like what's you're just baffled. Well, and you're watching that movie and you're like, okay, like taking away the sheer ineptitude of this movie, if you were to boil that movie down to its basic like plot, it's kind of an interesting subversive idea. I mean, like kind of like a Miss 45 or I Spit on Your Grave knockoff. Yeah, it's, but, like, yeah, it's that, but, that female revenge exploitation. Right, but it's, but it's yeah. not a bad idea to be like, I'm going to go undercover as, as a woman of the night and just kill all the scummy, shitty men. But there are about like three disparate plot lines strung together so loosely on this one event. And, and the sa- same exact scene repeats like two, three times. Like it's just... <laughs> It just and it's so it just doesn't make it like you're like, how does this all come together? And you're like, this could be really subversive, at least in its story, but it's just so inept and it's so baffling, um, that it's amazing. And I actually think that movie, for the most part, is like pretty entertaining from beginning to end. Like I I think it's it's you know, I there's a few. I have a Because few, of that like, kind of like what the fuck uh value that it has. Like you're almost watching like da- uh Dangerous Man to me is like First of all, I will not be surprised one bit if that movie turns out to be like a like a hoax, like the you know like the the Adult Swim guys or that guy who did like the people who did like Too Many Cooks or like <laughs> these weird alternative comedy stuff. Like it, if it turned out, I just like they they just went out there and shot that movie like with a budget. Uh, the whole story like made up this whole story of this like Iranian director, another Iranian director trying to make like an American genre film. Uh, I don't know what the hell that's about, but um, but made up this whole story about this Iranian director making the movie over like a period of 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be totally like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, like... if it happened, for sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think the movie is – it's still made with such – again, I think it's made with intent. It's made with such like lo- like love that it's like – I mean, the like I, I know it's legit, but it's so surreally bizarre. It's, and it's put so together. comical, even from the credits, where it's like there's about eight different credits, and it's all the same guy, same guy, <laughs> John yeah. S. Rad. Um, but there's a, there's a That's few. That's the thing. Tommy Wiseau has that too. Like the yeah. rumors, like executive producer, producer, writer, like all that stuff. But yeah, these movies don't like the you know once you get a good one, like like Dangerous Men for me, the Samurai Cop fits into that, the Visitor fits into that. Um, things fits into that oh which, yeah jesus christ i i enjoy i get more enjoyment showing that movie to people who haven't seen it just so i could watch the look on their face as the Th- movie things continues. is one of those things is one of those movies where you don't say anything no. before putting it on anything no like just don't tell them like what the genre is what it's supposed to be about what's going on because it just like for the first 10 minutes it just looks like some drunk canadian guy's home video it is that's like, that these is people got the movie. shit faced and they just like started shooting each other with a video eight camera or something and just look at your friends faces just when they're like what the fuck are you showing I, I, me what, what is this they they i i am under the impression that they shot that movie in sequential order uh and that they got progressively they got drunk drunker, and drunker. And drunker yes. as it went along and it stopped <laughs> making less sense and then the one guy uh, supposedly in the story spontaneously combusts uh he had to go to his uh swing shift at the 7-Eleven yeah. and then yeah. he comes <laughs> back to the movie <laughs> inexplicably later towards the end and I was like okay he's off work They're now like, oh, we have we so... have to get rid of him he had to go to his work shift so it's like why don't, why doesn't he just like spontaneously combust <laughs> exactly um but they just got these like it just looks like they got these like 
alien knockoff rubber uh, monster toys oh, and God. just decided to make a movie around it or something. Think, things is also another one of those that's like fascinating. But like you said, it's like these movies come around. There's like there's like a handful of them that you can call like genuinely like schlock masterpieces because they come around once in a once in a almost once in a generation where you're just like okay this is a perfect example of that because it has to hit all of those notes that we just we mentioned it and it also has to be consistently entertaining or consistently fascinatingly bad and yeah like 99.9 percent of um contenders for that throne are just bad movies where you just get a little bit bored at times and they have some like high points but you don't really like get into it because you're just like yeah this is just a shitty movie um for example like one example of that is uh oh man what the hell is that there's like this kind of yet another like first blood um ripoff that a lot of fans of bad movies deadly uh, prey Deadly Prey. There you go. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah. you know what Deadly Prey is. Like I just had to like explain it for like two seconds. Like to me, like a lot a lot of people love Deadly Prey like that, but to me that's one of those examples where it's just like it has enough lulls, enough filler in 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 between there between the hilarity mm-hmm. to make me not want to like. I watch that movie. I enjoy it. Uh, I watch the Rift Tracks version of it and everything, but like that's not a movie that I'm gonna go back to like I do with uh, Samurai Cop. Sure. Because it, it really it's it's just like so like weirdly ineptly made yet at the same time kind of works as a stripped down genre film it, these films films like uh samurai cop and the room and things and the ones that we we mentioned are are really rare in that sense because they just like hit that perfect sweet spot yeah and those are the ones that are usually that i would say you know people if they want to uh, come together and like watch a bad movie uh, and you're not really well versed into this like kind of weird schlock fetish that uh, people like you and I have uh, that kind of we have the experience so we know what to look for like I get every once in a while like one of my like my friends know I'm into this stuff so they'll send me like a YouTube clip of something of like doesn't this look hilarious and I'll watch it and I'll be like no this is like a Sharknado thing sure. like it's 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 made intentionally bad and there's no like soul to it and you know mm-hmm. but a lot of people who are not into this like that distinction might be like might be going into Sharknado and thinking that's the kind of epitome of that kind of so bad it's good movie so it's I think it's it's like it behooves us uh uh schlock weirdos to kind of do this kind of a public service announcement and be like no these are the movies that like you should really like Go rent Samurai Cop uh, or or watch it. It's on Amazon Prime, either with or without Rift Tracks. Or although I would completely recommend without Rift Tracks, just pure, just get into it uncut. Um, and that's the movie. Like like not Sharknado. Samurai Cop is the movie. Like you get together and get high and drunk with friends and just like watch and just laugh your balls off. Absolutely. And I think, but I I, I do get the, like I sort of get the appeal of something like Sharknado. And I I know like not everyone's a weirdo like you and I and. Those movies like Samurai Cop, you know, to to just, I guess, defend a little bit um, maybe the position who, of people who like those other movies is that, like, you and I, uh, it's almost like a brain exercise watching a movie like Samurai Cop because – um you know you're you're a screenwriter i've studied screenwriting in school as well like when you know the basic like when you know plot mechanics and then mm-hmm. you see them just not functioning like you feel like a doctor like you need to operate you try on to, it you're like reverse engineering it like <laughs> right. what was the inception of this scene like Ex- what could have possibly made them go from just the concept just the idea mm-hmm. to like this finished product <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And so like it, it becomes like a little bit more probably like more like a cinephile type thing. But but at yeah, the same I time but that. but at the same time, like even without that, the movie's hugely entertaining, like on its just own mm-hmm. ineptitude. Like like even the moments like of it trying to be funny, like usually Samurai Cop's also one of those rare occasions, you know, before we wrap up the one thing I wanna say too is like there's almost nothing worse than a bad comedy or something that fails at comedy. And even mm-hmm. like yeah. this movie's failure at comedy is funny. Like that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a feat. Yes. That is a tough thing to pull off because when a yeah. joke just dies, it usually just like you or whoever else is in the room, just the energy gets sucked out. But for some reason, and, and, this... the, and the thing is that the jokes are so 
inept and horrible that they do a complete uh, 360 and go back to being funny again. Yeah, like, for, yeah. For a completely different reason. <laughs> like the, you know, like the nurse scene is an example of that. I think that scene was supposed to be because you have these like cutaways to his like uh, the Danny Glover character, like making these like goofy faces oh, to the camera. <laughs> like the way it's made, it's just, it's just so awkward and weird. And you can tell that people who were involved in the scene were just like really uncomfortable. Like it's just the the whatever comedy that was supposed to be taken out of that scene is just you get the exact opposite of levity like there was supposed to be a moment of levity and it just comes across as just uncomfortable and weird exactly and that's what makes it so funny and that's yeah you're right that's an incredibly hard thing to pull off yeah so can you think of any other like uh, any of your you know you mentioned the visitor you mentioned things which i know is like a favorite of yours and a favorite of mine as well um uh are there any others that you would think of like recommending to to people who are beginners into this uh, into this field, uh, that comes to mind. I, I I can't I can't think of any other ones. Uh, like I said, the visitor definitely highly recommend. Dangerous men, things. Um, I and and most of them are just like schlocky like horror movies from that point on. Like like the one like like you mentioned pieces like That's pieces good... one. Um, yeah, uh, chopping malls a little bit higher production quality, but I love that movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean that one's a more that one's a Roger Corman one, that, so it's that's it's, more that's more in the in the in camp, but like enjoyable camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite in the like Sharknado like cynicism. It's like they were they were legitimately making a a, a movie, cheesy that, movie. Yeah, a cheesy movie, and they would like they succeeded at it. Uh, what about you? Before we sign off, and anyone? Uh, one of the recommend? major things that I would. Um recommend would be like 70s and 80s turkish mockbusters uh you can <laughs> find course. a lot of them on on youtube uh of course they have a special personal relevance to me being turkish and having uh grown up with these films and they're kind of like they kind of pot my cherry in terms of like being into this kind of schlocky material because you know these movies would just like pop up on just regular tv channels as not as like uh, midnight movies or some cult movies. Like they would just pop up as like, oh, here's an action movie or here's uh, uh, Turkish Star Wars or something like that. Like Turkish Star Wars is, of course, the king of those. Um, you can just find <laughs> that if you go to YouTube Turkish Star Wars. There's a really good like uh, subtitled copy of it that you can watch. And uh, it's it's impossible to, you know, like it's basically this period in Turkish cinema where um, Hollywood blockbusters were – uh, being released like like a year or two years sometimes after their American release. So these film companies would kind of like put together, it's almost like that movie Be Kind Rewind. Like they would just put together like incredibly shitty, cheap versions of these films. <laughs> and the copyright rules were like really relaxed. So they would just like straight up like, like half the score in uh, Turkish Star Wars, like Indiana Jones, for example. Oh my God! When you and yeah, I, I watched that movie with you for the, yeah, the first yeah, time, yeah. I saw that. It's uh, yeah, that was a trip too. Huh? It's crazy. Uh, it's it's it should be seen. It just to know yeah. that it exists. That's one of those that should be seen. So like, seek out some of those uh, like Turkish mockbusters, uh, Turkish Star Wars, Turkish Star Trek is a little bit less entertaining because it's kind of supposed to be a comedy and it's hard to get the jokes because the jokes have like a turkish context to them but you know there's just like turkish et where et looks like um like a like an overgrown hacky sack with a tumor you know it's 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 hilarious uh there's there's a lot of those uh i have this copy of turkish rambo which is kind of a action masterpiece um where they have like a plastic piece of uh, bazooka that they pull with fishing wire out of a out of a steel tube uh <laughs> and then uh, they just have like two firecrackers explode somewhere else to like imitate the bazooka explosion. It's, it's great. Uh, you know, so, so yeah, the, those uh, general thing about like Turkish mockbusters, you should definitely seek those out, but at the very least uh, look up Turkish Star Wars because that's a very, very um, special kind of movie. I should say. It, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one of those. I would think of maybe, uh, maybe Miami connection. That's another one of those. That's like, oh, um, yeah action movies from the eight, like someone trying to do like a martial arts action movie and making like this really weird kind of inept film. I don't know. Have, have you seen that one? Miami connection? Oh yeah. I've seen Miami connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 
it's another one of those like like samurai cop or dangerous men where like the the filmmaker had a passion and he was a taekwondo instructor instructor or yeah, a, had like, no the, experience uh, making films but wanted tell. to make a movie and it was like <laughs> biker ninjas versus other ninjas of some sort and it's uh and like a taekwondo based rock band or yes synth band yes or, yes it uh, was uh, um it's, yeah it's, it's a bizarre it's, movie it's pretty wild um yeah that's a, a good that's a good one too Well, now that we've clearly reached the end of the episode, let's let's wrap up our 64th episode of Over Under Movies. Uh, as always, you can find us on theplaylist.net. We have to thank Rodrigo Perez for, for hosting us. Um, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Under Movies. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, however you get your podcasts. Uh, you can leave us a comment or rating. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we can improve on. Tell us we have shitty taste in movies. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you can you can. Well, reach in, the, out in, this, to us. in the case of this episode, they're right. So yeah, I mean, we can't argue with this. That'd point. be kind we're, of redundant. Your taste sucks. Well, yeah, we, we yeah, know. that's the point. We know. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we we sign off, uh, I have to do some pitching for the next episode uh which is going to be a uh gore verbinski double feature um seems fitting since the new pirates of the caribbean movie will be out in a couple weeks and uh cure for wellness uh, a movie i liked uh quite a bit that tanked horribly at the box office uh will also be out on home video around the time that episode drops uh but so we're doing a gore verbinski double feature uh for the overrated pick as you probably could have guessed it's gonna be Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, the one that everyone likes. I still don't like it, uh, so we will we will get into that. And uh, my underrated is going to be The Weatherman uh, from 2005 uh, with Nicolas Cage. Um, so uh, look forward to that discussion. Uh, signing off, this is Ryan Oliver. I'm a co-host of this podcast as well as the Playlist podcast. Hey, signing off. This is Oktay Yekozak. I'm a co-host of Over Under Movies, as you can see, and um, also a film critic and contributor to The Playlist, uh, DVD Talk, Oregon Herald, and BayasParada.com. All right, we'll be back with those next overrated and underrated picks in the next couple weeks. Thank you for listening.